Welcome to another episode of the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast. Uh, I'm excited to join you for another episode, specifically as we walk through our idol study. Um, this is going to be the fourth lesson. Uh, crazy to believe we're already at the fourth lesson of our idol study as we walk through it with our folly guys, uh, and hopefully you, uh, as you're studying on your own or in a group. Um, we're going to be talking specifically about loving God. So, so far, just to kind of cover our bases on what we have been able to accomplish thus far, we've talked about indulging in self, delighting in things, occupied with flesh, and now loving God. So kind of the fourth fourth out of five angle look at what modern-day idolatry looks like in our world today. And as always, we'll be kind of bouncing around through Scripture just to kind of highlight and support the scripture that in reading that we have in our journal today and hopefully give you something uh, growing and edifying to you in your own study and the way that you can lead uh, your groups and the way that you can share this with others. So uh, we'll jump right in. Uh, The scripture for loving gods, and this is little g, gods, uh, is Psalm 135 verses 15 through 17. It says this, Uh, The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. And so I think really just kind of walking through this study so far, this is probably the most uh, characteristic and defining way that we've read so far in scripture about idols, what idols look like. This gives a really good look, really clear picture as to what an idol is. Uh, the work of human hands, something that that doesn't speak, that doesn't see, that doesn't hear, no breath. Uh, it's something made from us, made from the work of man and not worthy uh, of our praise, not worthy of being on the pedestal of our lives, so to speak. Um, but just a really clear picture of what an idol is. And then we have our reading, which is um, really unpacking a good chunk of the book of Exodus. Uh, So we have really the story kind of starts in Exodus 20, where Moses has just led the Israelites out of Egypt um, from slavery, and uh, the Lord's provided manna and uh, water from a rock, and quail, and Moses is going up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. And in the meantime, uh, the people of Israel, even though they have been so well provided and cared for and loved by God uh, to remove them from uh, in bondage of slavery, uh, they create a golden calf. They bring all their gold jewelry together and melt it uh, and cast it in the form of uh, a calf. And they make this their god who they worship, who they claim has brought them out up out of Egypt. And it's it's really kind of a saddening story and just the be another kind of piece in the trajectory of Israel, how they're constantly, as a people, denying God and coming back to him and God's reminding them of who he is. And then they're they're worshiping God and living rightly and then they it's just a continued vicious cycle uh, of falling for other gods, putting other things before God and them making gods in their life that take the place of the one true God. Um, and that's kind of the the main gist of our reading for loving gods. And there's a, there's a really big 
part of this story that I think it's important for us to highlight, and especially in our lives. And that is that is kind of the why behind this story. Um, and like I mentioned, like Israel was so well taken care for. Like God sent the ten plagues. He brought them across the Red Sea. Like he 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 has totally cared for them and removed them from the, their bondage of slavery. It seems like things should be really clear. Like they've seen God working in their life in such a big way. It shouldn't really be a problem for them to worship and keep God as the king of their life. But yet they do, yet they still stumble and they still fall short of keeping God in his right place as a people. And so why does this happen? Why why do the people of Israel create a golden calf and and so to speak settle for something other than God? And so that's kind of really what I want to focus our conversation on for this podcast just to help kind of aid your study and aid the reading in scripture that's already so good in the journal. Excuse me. Um and so we'll kind of bounce around a couple different places for that, but there's a Tim Keller quote that Eric Alexander, so shout out to Eric, shared um, with a lot of people that I think can really help us dive into ways to avoid creating gods in our life, little g-gods in our life, and kind of set us on a good trajectory of keeping God in his right place in our lives, in our families' lives, um, and the decisions that we make and what our priorities are and so on and so forth. And so the quote is from Tim Keller. It says, if I have that, so that can be an, a blank blank spot in your life. That could be a, a numerous different things. But if I have that, then my life will have meaning. I'll have value and feel significant and secure. And he goes on to say, whatever that is, so whatever you would put in that if you think about your own life and there's just a blank check, a blank box, if I have this, then my life will have meaning. He says, whatever that is, whatever you put that in the box, whatever that is, that is the object of your worship. That is the object of your worship. And there's really one right answer for that that box um, as a spoiler alert. And that is, that is the one true God. That's Christ, Jesus in your life. Uh, if we have Jesus, then we will have everything. And if there's anything else in your life besides that, that's that's not the right answer that's we're, that we're shooting for. And I want to talk about ways that to prevent that from happening. And really kind of focus on that word worship um, is kind of going to be what we talk about. But even, you know, thinking about, okay, like I, like we're kind of diving into little G-gods in our life. Like Jesus actually also was tempted with this himself, putting something else before the will of the Father and being in a place where he was offered things to put before God, things that would have been really valuable and meaningful for him. And that's in Matthew 4. And this is just kind of emphasizing why the word worship is going to be such a big part of our conversation today. Uh, It's going to be in Matthew 4. It's actually the story of whenever Jesus is tempted in the wilderness attempted in the desert. Um, So really just a quick story on this. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert um, to be tempted by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he was out in the desert fasting, praying, um, 
and eventually the devil comes to him. He says, if you are the son of God, turn these these stones to bread. He's hungry, he's thirsty, he's weary, and the devil is going to come at him and just try to punch him right in the face with temptation. The, the things that he wants the most, the devil is going to put before him and see if Jesus will take the bait or not. And so first... The devil says, if you are the son of God, turn turn these stones to bread because he's hungry. And Jesus answers, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then later on, he says, uh, he took him kind of to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone and Jesus answered it is also written do not put your lord your god to the test and then lastly this is kind of the the key point here he says uh, the devil took him to another high spot and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor and he said all this I will give you he said if you bow down and worship me and this is the devil speaking to Jesus all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me and Jesus said to him away from me satan for it is written worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so worship is such a key part of our lives and our walk with Christ if we are going to avoid letting little little G gods creep in to different avenues of our life, creep into different corners of our heart and take root and throw us completely off course. And that's why worship's going to be kind of the main thing that we focus on through the rest of this this uh this podcast. Um and worship really is the avenue that we have that we take to prevent to prevent this from happening. And the main reason there's a, there's a lot of reasons we could have multiple episode, podcast episodes as to why worship's important or true and proper worship or or so on and so forth. But there's one key part of worship that I think is important for our context today, and that is worship forces you to remember. To remember. Worship forces you to remember. And I want to take a kind of a, a four, like almost like a cube, look at four sides of a cube. I guess there's six sides to a cube, but we'll, we'll look at four of them. And, uh, and just see all throughout Scripture how God has drawn people to remember why we should remember and just the importance of it. Um, but even just first, just thinking about all throughout the Old Testament, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, God is constantly reminding Israel of his faithfulness and of his character and who he is because time and time again they're choosing things separate from God, separate from the things he's commanded them or just things separate from him himself. But over and over and over again he reminds them of how he was faithful to their forefathers and faithful to bring them out of Egypt and faithful to keep his promises. And worship causes us to do that. We have to. It causes us to remember who God is, how holy he is, how good he's been in our life, what he did on the cross in Christ before us. But all throughout Scripture, and specifically in the Old Testament, we see God urging people, urging the people of Israel to remember. Remember him, remember his track record, remember the ways that he's loved them and provided for them time and time again. Um, and then next, I think about the Lord's Supper. Um in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, so this is Paul writing, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, 
The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. And this is the key part. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is this this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And that's another form of worship, to just taking the Lord's Supper. But again, remembering who Jesus is. Even as we take the Lord's Supper, take the bread, take, take the drink, take the cup, thinking of his blood, thinking of his body, we're doing it in remembrance of Jesus. It should draw us closer and closer to Jesus and remind us why we have given up our lives for Jesus and, and, and cast out our old self and taken on the new self that Christ gives us. But again, just remembering who Jesus is, remembering who Jesus is in that. Um, next, I think about um, in First Peter chapter 1. Um, we'll kind of be looking at verses 18 through 20. But um, just thinking about, you know, worship causes us to remember not only God's faithfulness, remember not only what he's done on the cross in Christ, but remember his holy, I mean, just how holy God is, how good he is, how right he is. His ways are right. Everything he tells us to do is perfect and pure. And a life followed with him is complete joy and satisfaction in who he is. But I just, let's think about remember his holiness. And um, in First Peter chapter 1, verse 16, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So that out of, out of worship, out of remembering who God is and how holy he is, it is it is a stake on our lives to be holy because he is holy. And we can live free of, of gods in our lives and placing gods in our lives because of his holiness, because we are pursuing holiness out of how holy he is. But he goes on in First in Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 18, he says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as gold or silver, that you were redeemed, from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. And that's First Peter 8, uh, 1, 18 through 20. But, I mean, that, that just hammers this point home, and it really just ties in a lot of what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, if you've been listening. Um man, our life was not bought with perishable things like silver and gold. We were not redeemed from our sin and the consequence of our sin from some kind of worldly payment. It was from the empty, and, and we were redeemed from that emptiness that those things had. Like our pursuit of gods in our lives, placing gods in our life above the one true King Jesus, King, the, the Lord of Lords, is empty. And, but we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Like worship helps us to remember what we were purchased with and what we were purchased from, what we were redeemed from. I mean, it is it is just basking your mind and your thoughts and your being on what Jesus did on the cross and how good God is and his trusting and loving character, the, the promises that he keeps. Um, all these things, worship is the is the avenue in which we take part in that to remember why Jesus should be the king of our life, why he is on the throne of our life and everything that we do and are and, and continue to be. Uh, but, but a really good word from First Peter 
uh, chapter 1 there, not with perishable things that we were redeemed, but with the precious blood of Christ. Just so important to remember through the avenue, again, of worship. And then lastly, uh, just kind of as we start to wrap up, I want to look at Revelation chapter 7. Um, ultimately, guys, worship should help remind us that God is better than any other God we could try to place in our life. Right? Any, ty- any type of work from our hands that we could place, any anything we make up or conjure or pursue, God is better than any of those things. And we know it because of how faithful he's been in our life, remembering his faithfulness, remembering who he is in, in God's word, reading God's word to know who he is and remember who he is, um, having times of prayer and worship to, to just think about God and think about how holy and righteous and good he is. But ultimately letting that lead us to know that God is better and that he it deserves the rightful place of king of our lives. And Revelation 7 says it just so beautifully and is such a good reminder, even for me as I sit here and talk to you today, um, about why why he needs to stay king of my life and um, seated on the throne of who I am. But Revelation 7, uh, starting in verse, I will start in verse 14. He says, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation, They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Verse 16, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Gosh, that is so good. Like, we will never hunger. We will never thirst. No scorching heat will touch us. And God, the lamb of Jesus Christ, will be our shepherd and lead us. Not not into, not into traps not into scams, not into things that leave us out to dry, but to springs of living water. And any tear, any hurt, any pain, any wrongful pursuit, any wrongful God that we've placed in our lives for such a long time, God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Guys, God is better than any God we could ever place in our lives. And I hope more than anything out of this lesson in our idol study that that is clear and that that is crystal clear that God is better. And I pray as you lead groups or lead yourself through this, that this lesson would draw you to see how good God is, to draw you to remember his faithfulness and the ways that he has pursued you time and time again, despite our disobedience and ultimately despite our disobedience by sending Jesus to the, to the cross. But uh, just remember guys and let, let worship be that key word that you focus on to avoid letting gods take root in your life. Little G gods take root in the corners of your heart and hide out and 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 uh, dig deep roots just in who you are. But such a good word and uh, from God's word, not mine. Um, and just just let worship be uh, on the tip of your tongue there. And there's a song that I'll try to link in the uh, 
in the description of the podcast called Jesus or Better by Pat Barrett, Adam Spates. Shout out to Adam. Uh, showed me this song uh, back on mission a couple years ago. But Better by uh, by Pat Barrett is like the perfect song that goes uh, with our idol studies just all in all, but specifically with this um, with this lesson, Loving God. So I'm going to link that. And I encourage you to listen to it after listening to this or after walking through it. Um, even play it for your teams. Just whenever you're kind of thinking about worship, thinking about how worship is the way that we avoid having gods in our lives, I encourage you to play it. It's such a such a good song, such a relevant song and that we can all identify with. Um, but guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Training for the Eternal Crown podcast. I pray it's been uh, helpful and growing for you, especially as we've walked through our idol study. Um, and guys, just super encouraged by all that you're doing. And thank you for listening and continuing to support Full Count as a ministry to reach baseball players of the gospel here and around the world. Um, and just thank you for your part in that and the way that you're pursuing that in your own lives. Um, but looking forward to coming to you next time uh, and uh, praying for you guys. And thanks for listening. <laughs>